When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Goalie Ashwa Gummies. You can find them at goalie.com. Use promo code the Show Up That Foundation to get 10% off your order. Zendurance Active Wellness and Sports Nutrition. Their products are designed to maximize your health. At Zendurance, they strive to support and have a positive impact on the wellness of every hardworking dad. Use my code the Show Up Dad and get 10% off your next purchase. For more info, go to www.zendurance.com. Tall Man Equipment, standing taller than the rest of the competition in Lyman Tools since 1952. Give them a follow at www.tallmanequipment.com. And last but not least, Adam Lane Smith. He is an attachment specialist who helps people to heal, connect, and build. Use my promo code SHOW, spelled S-H-O-W, for a 50% discount on his attachment boot camp course. Thank you. All marriages, even the really good ones, need mending. The routine of jobs, kids, chores, and other commitments can overshadow romance and passion with any husband and wife. As a result, couples can feel disillusioned or even alone. That is why we have created this marriage series, a platform for husbands and wives to come on and share what they do to be successful. Today's guests are Ben and Kaylee Holmes. Ben has been married six years to his wife, Kaylee, and together they have two daughters, Hadley, six years old, and Leighton, two years old. Ben is a journeyman lineman out of local 66 Houston and has been in the trade for around 11 years. His wife, Kaylee, is a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach. And together, they're on our show. So welcome, guys. We appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you for having us. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> ben, man, it's been a while, brother. You're on our uh, podcast on Lyman Chronicles early off when we first started, man. That was that was awesome, man. Yeah, I I have internet at least this time. When we did that one, I remember I was in Half Moon Bay. Was like oh, a, yeah. <laughs> wormhole, so that was a struggle, but... Well, a lot of things have happened since then, brother. Um, I like for you guys just to open up and talk about how your guys' uh, idea of marriage was, you know, growing up in your own families and stuff like that. What did you guys see? You can go first. You want me to start? Okay. <laughs> uh, I definitely did not have good role models or good um, any vision of marriage, I guess, when I was growing up. Um, I grew up with alcoholic and drug addict parents who um, were physically abusive to each other. Um, I saw that and tried to break that up pretty much for as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. uh, so I never had uh, a good idea of what marriage was supposed to look like, how um, you were supposed to treat each other, speak to each other, respect each other. And that, um, I mean, it has definitely carried with me, um, the good and the bad, um, through even in our marriage that I've had to learn quite a bit about myself and how that's affected me and still affects me to this day. 
Mm. Yeah. I kind of grew up in a similar situation where my dad was an alcoholic and they were, it was like a broken family situation. And I was kind of the youngest in the family, but the family would rely on me to solve things for them. And so it does put a lot of pressure on you as a young girl growing up, trying to learn what you need to know about yourself and discovering who you are. And then if you get into a relationship after that, you can find yourself in a codependent kind of situation, which can be hard. So I can relate to your kind of situation. How about you, Ben? How was your family growing up? And and what did you learn about marriage? Um, growing up, I had uh, one alcoholic parent, my dad. So I was pretty much raised by my mom. And then I'd see my dad like, you know, summers here and there and stuff. But uh, so I didn't see much of, I guess, the relationship. It was just always my mom taking care of us, you know, like working two jobs, doing whatever she could to, to get us by. So um, early on in life, my relationship experience was like way off. It was kind of fly by the seat of my pants on everything, which is kind of how I do everything. Mm-hmm. It works in some situations, but for relationships and obviously a marriage, you can't be like that because, uh, you know, I'll get an idea and I'll just run with it. And I'm like, I'm going to do it right now, but, <laughs> uh, especially with the fun killer here. <laughs> the realistic one. Man, we should get, like, we're not getting, a boat. yeah, we're not getting a boat. I'm like, okay, I guess we're not getting a boat. And, you know, and I was just telling her the other day. Uh, you know what's crazy? I could just go buy a boat and come home with it, and you'd either have to divorce me or you'd have to just live with the boat. I mean, <laughs> what a choice to make, right? I would sell it. Right? Yeah, but um, <laughs> us coming from such different like backgrounds, kind of as far as uh, like how we grew up, um, very similar but very different. My mom was like always there, um, really good mom, supportive. She still is. Very. She actually just flew out earlier. She was here for Christmas, but um, yeah, so. I was just we kind of had to start from like the bottom backwards almost to you know we had what does a marriage not look like what is sure. a, what is a marriage and um I don't want to say fix but it was at the beginning was just a lot of how do we speak to each other I have no idea how how do how do how does a good marriage look neither one of us had ever ever seen that Mm-hmm. I always find it interesting that people who come from families of origin that don't have a good example of what marriage is, they still have a desire to get married. Like I see that in myself, my sister, my brother, uh, many of my friends, a lot of people that still did not grow up in a family of origin that had a great example of marriage have the desire to get married and they want to connect. There still wants to be some kind of life partner situation where you think you can go on and do it better, which is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that Ben, what you said about being that sporadic guy and stuff like that, you know, I, I know a lot of guys who are the same way, you know, we kind of just do it. We don't even think about it. We just do right. Better done than, you know, thinking about it. And um, with that being said, I know when I did that with my wife, I started to kind of burn her out and cause anxiety. Oh, it it was rough because he had a drive that was way higher than what my drive was. And he would be like, okay, I, 
I think we should do this to the house. What do you want to do there? And I would tell him and then he would get started on it like right then and there. And I'm like, I'm not ready to do that because I have all these other things that I'm thinking about doing. But then he would pull me away from everything that I was doing. So that way I can assist him on the project that he wants to complete in the weekend that he's at home. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it it was a lot of, yeah, you, you definitely burnt me out in some ways because I didn't have the same kind of drive that you do. But I was trying to make it happen for you. It was all for you. <laughs> that drive. So she's the planner. Like, we'll go to do something. She's like, come on, let's go. We're six minutes late. And, you know, at this time we're doing this. She'll have everything so set up where me, I can plan things in my head. So what comes off as sporadic is actually like thought out. And she she's just first hearing about it. So there's <laughs> a little bit of a method to like, I guess, our madness, right? Unless yeah, yeah, for sure on a trip yeah and... i always pack right before we leave he does that's when i'm the trip. sharpest yeah right. <laughs> before we leave for a trip you know exactly what you need oh um, yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah david's definitely a one backpack kind of guy when he goes on a trip for every trip it's like i just need my one backpack and i i'm over here packing big old things for me and the kids because you know when you have kids they need extra clothing because they tend like, to dirty it clothes? yeah i just yeah. need a couple pairs of underwear i'm like okay i'll pack your stuff don't worry i'll I wear the it. same shorts for like i got it i'll just yeah. because otherwise you end up with one t-shirt and we've been there before at a store yeah but... <laughs> that did happen with a one time you packed your own bag I yeah think. i forgot to pack any shirts <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have anything except for what i wore i was like uh, uh so what now that you guys have been married for a little while what do you what have you, how has your view of marriage changed of what you believe it should be and what it can be? Um, I've honestly like kind of modeled like, uh, the type of husband I wanted to be off like people around me when I was, when I knew that this is at some point what I wanted, when I decided I would like to have a family, I didn't think I was going to, but I knew I wanted one. Mm -hmm. Um, I started looking at people around me, like things they did, how they acted. Um, so I've, I've kind of held on to that, like what kind of dad I wanted to be. I definitely wanted to be like an involved dad. I wanted to know what was going on. Um, and then also as a husband too, like I wanted to, I wanted to participate. I wanted to, um, to go do things that she wants to do. I want, I wanted to be invested in it. I didn't want to be the type that's like, Oh, it goes to work and like pretends like marriage is like a chore and just like, Oh, my old lady. I'm not like that. I'm like, excited about being married I'm excited about being like a parent and a family person um so it's something I've like I constantly like to carry I mean I, I enjoy like having a family and being married and the life that we're living right now so mm-hmm. I, just, I try to stay invested and present um even when I'm not here physically yeah. um, we talk constantly about good and bad things going on like with kids and so just being involved is like my my marriage model, I guess. I always knew I like wanted to be married. I guess my, I saw the very worst of what marriage could be. And I'm like, that is not what obviously I ever wanted to be involved in. But like you were saying, I still wanted to be married. I still wanted, I still had that dream um, as a little girl, as you know, growing up, I was very, very self, like I took care of myself, very self-reliant but knew that I wanted to find somebody kind of that, that matched that, I guess we were both very independent people when we did meet, like we could take care of ourselves. We've been working our entire lives 
and find somebody with that same drive. And kind of like Ben said, you know, I did have friends that had parents that had great marriages and it was like, wow, this is what a family can actually look like. And I think for our children and for us, we've taken that and just, we always tell ourselves like we we're breaking the mold. Like we're breaking all these generational curses. We're going to give our kids the life that we didn't have, not even, you know, materialistically, like, yes, they have things that we definitely didn't have growing up, but the love comfort wise and seeing the way we treat each other and speak to each other and Mm -hmm. help each other. And just, I mean, that as a whole, um, I think, you know, it's done my, my, what I saw growing up, it did more good than harm because I was able to learn so much from it. I know through marriage, right? You guys start off and you get married and you have kids and stuff like that. And things happen in marriage, right? How have you guys been able to adapt through everything? Like, like, what did you guys do to, to communicate, talk about different dreams and different plans and stuff like that? Because I know a lot of times with all these different changes, it really affects the marriage and it causes a lot of tension. You know, and that that's one of the questions we always get with a, a lot of the guests. It's like, man, we're having a lot of issues. I'm like, oh, what's going on in your life right now? And they're like, oh, we just moved. We just did this and stuff like that. So how do you guys handle that you know, with these big life changes? Um, we're always like, we always have a plan and we're both in on it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they got the must be nice crowd, right? They see, they see the material shit. They don't see the comfort. Um, like the home that we just, what we bought in California, I never would have dreamt I could provide for myself or my family, like a home, like the one that we now live in that we plan on keeping as our home, um, our kids to grow up in. So a home like this, we've been planning for this for years. It's not something we just, one day we're like, we're going to go do this. This took preparation. It took sacrifice, um, living apart. You know, they would come out for seven days, every four weeks. You don't see people paying attention to that stuff they weren't paying attention to any of that they'll see the house they'll see the cars they'll see all those things that don't matter to us as material stuff it's Mm -hmm. comfortable for our family and um i think having the plan sticking together is is a huge part and then believing in ourselves because neither of us neither of us ever would have dreamed that we could have the life we have now and i'm not talking about um where we live anything i'm just talking about happiness or we have two healthy kids that are awesome I think believing in ourselves is a big thing. Cause like where I came from, it, it was not um, necessarily like a success story. Uh, it's not the life that I saw my friends that I saw like their lives when I was in like high school. I'm like, that's not me. I can never, I can never have that. And I do have that. And uh, it's, I'm grateful for it every day. I don't take anything like in my life for granted at all. I think, so, yeah. I mean, the plan is definitely, um, I mean, from when we first started dating, we were like, you know, like, what are, what are, what's our plan? You know what? Um, And we've made so many sacrifices in such a short time, but we've always been on the same page. Like he didn't just go to Puerto Rico to work and was like, Hey, I'm going chasing the storm. Like, bye. That was something that we made this decision together. Okay. How are, what are, how is this going to work? How are we going to make this work? This is when we FaceTime. This is when we talk. Even if you're tired, you, you know, we give each other that time. Even if I'm burnt out with the kids, we're giving each other that time. Like it's non-negotiable. Um, and when, I mean, we're not perfect, obviously when that time would start to, Oh, you know, he fell asleep in the hotel room. I'm giving the kids a bath and missed his phone call. All of a sudden it'd be like, we need to like hit the pause button because there's something going like, 
there's something missing right now. I, you know, I remember that in Puerto Rico, like I do, Hey, I need a little bit more from you right now. I'm struggling here by myself with, you know, the, with our daughter, but you know, I, I just need to talk to you for 10 minutes, you know, and then he'd be like, Oh crap, you know, yeah, we've working, you know, 16, 18 hour days. And I think being able to, to talk to each other and not internalizing it, um, which we both have done in the past too. Um, and now have just learned to be like, okay, wait a second. Like we need, there's something going on because for me, I know that if you let it fester, right, it's just gonna, it's gonna spill over into other things. It's gonna turn into a bigger problem than it was. Um, I'm a talker. I like to talk things out. He was absolutely not a talker. Didn't like to talk things out at all when we first got together. So that was a big, you know, learning curve, but you know, over the years, just little by little, it doesn't happen overnight. And it's still, he still is like, if he gets mad, he walks out and I'm like, wait, you know, there's, you still have to learn kind of how each other works. And I, I don't, I don't walk out like, no, not like, like walks like, out of the room. Like, like he's yeah, just like, like, he's like her, what Richie, yeah, I like, I don't, I compartmentalize things. Um, I have such a past. I've just learned to like accept people. Yeah. So I can let things go really easy. Like the biggest problem that back in the day probably would have gave me anxiety. I just like, is it within my power to change this or to do anything? Or maybe even if I don't like it, do I need to accept it? Sometimes I usually just try to accept it. And, um, you know, it, maybe it's not like a fault of hers. Maybe it's a fault of mine, the way that I'm taking it. Mm-hmm. So that, that makes it easier for me. I don't have to like talk everything out because like, uh, especially since like through my sobriety, I've learned to talk myself through things and to play my tape forward. Like, okay, if I, if I press this issue right now, what is the outcome? Is it, what is it going to change? Like I can tell she's maybe in like a bad mood or she's all stressed. Um, like just on the other day, on the day after Christmas, she decided she wants to put all the Christmas shit away like <laughs> seven hours after Christmas is over and not me. <laughs> We're having a party Saturday night. The house looks beautiful. Let's leave it up till New Year's. Like keep the vibe going. Yeah. So she's going around like a psycho. <laughs> and uh you know i'm just like chilling going and then she's getting a little edgy you know like i could tell she was just irritated i'm like well i'm out of here like and so i just our the little one didn't want to go and then so she's running around like a crazy person and i'm like all right we're out here we're going to the movies she's like well i want to go to the movies like no 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 you're not invited to the movies (laughs) here and run around the house like a psycho and then when we come back you'll be calm and she was so i just took my mom my daughter we went and had watched a movie and came back and then by the time I got back you know she had, yeah. she had chilled out but that like I said but, like recognizing that in each other is um I think I know at least I can say that we've come a long way in that as well and what he was saying I've learned a lot about him he's not um going back to what I saw my parents fought about everything right like they were always going to duke it out like there was always going to be words there was always going to be an opinion and he, you know, when I would get mad and I'd like try to say something, he didn't have a response. Like he said, he was just like, it's not worth it. Or it's, you know, whatever. Um, you know, where you just stare at the TV and she says something that she thinks like <laughs> was like the bomb she was going to drop and you never even look over. Because yeah. It's fun yeah. though. It's not like tense. Yeah. But we just, I think that just learning and about each, like what makes you tick, what makes like, how can you speak to each other? um, in the most effective way as possible. It sounds like you're pretty verbal though. Like, it sounds like you tell him what you expect rather than, I know a lot of women kind of get 
stuck in that whole, I have expectations, but I'm not going to say anything about it. And even men can have that as well. Mm -hmm. But it does sound like you're very communicative to your husband about what your needs are. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Like in a good and bad, but like, yeah. I I can make it and then I'll I'll answer. Like, yeah. But no, even like, hey, yeah, I think, yeah, I I am not going to. Sometimes I've learned too. like, is this, like he said, is this worth it? Am I going to regret saying this in 10 minutes when, you know, because like, does it actually mean something? Or am I just saying it? Cause like out of spite or because I'm mad and, um, still of course not perfect. Like I, you know, but that's something that always, like, I think about like, do I really need to say that? Or do I really need, you know, I've had to close my mouth probably more than you got to pay attention to each other too. Sometimes you don't even, you like, like verbal right the communication um body language is like a huge communication for me at home at work everything like that and so communicating so much she knows like if there's things going on at work where i try not to bring work home with me um i'm a i'm a crew foreman right now so i do i do bring certain things home with me because that's my responsibility right now and uh, so she'll know what type of mood i'm in if i'm in a, a mood where i'm just kind of over it or if i'm in like an excited mood whatever and then vice versa with stuff going on at home, we bounce everything off each other. And that's a good way to kind of know maybe like, oh, should I tell her what I'm going to do? Or should I use an I statement and be like, I think that we should go and do this. Or do I just come home with, you know, a boat or whatever. <laughs> so there's like a time and place for everything. Yeah. And knowing where like your, uh, your wife or husband, I guess, is um, emotionally and all that stuff is a way to uh, to play it too, I think. So, yeah, I definitely used to kind of jump David when he'd get home from being out of town and be like, there's all these issues and blah, 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 because we wouldn't talk a whole lot about issues while he was on the job because, you know, your job is dangerous. So I didn't want to put that burden on him when he was at work. But when he would get home, it would be like he would come in. And if he saw my face was hanging a little bit, he'd be like, oh, man. Like, <laughs> and that's one thing he didn't really like, huh? No, definitely not. Um, I had a bad habit of letting the the emotional level that she was at dictate how I was going to be. So if I saw, if I came home and I saw her hanging face is what I used to call it, right? Then all of a sudden I had a bad attitude. I was pissed. Oh, what's wrong with you? And all this stuff, you know what I mean? And that caused a lot of conflict in our marriage believe it or not. Um, I've gotten a lot better now with not doing that. I've learned to not, what would that be called placating or, or it'd be, um, no, uh, I, I, that's kind of a codependent codependent. It was, it, we started doing this book and stuff like that. We started learning about different, uh, ways to communicate with our spouse and stuff like that. And that was a, a codependent type of Re- reaction, reaction because yeah. you're dependent upon the way the other person feels to make you feel good. So if the other person's feeling good, then you feel good. Mm-hmm. Right. I even did that at work, dude. Seriously. Like I, I like if I had a lineman, like when I was pushing and if I had a lineman, he came to work and he had a hanging face, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, what the hell are you doing here? Why'd you even bother coming in? I'd tell him, you know, I'd yeah. go right, right into freaking, you know, not nice guy mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd start be like, why are you here hanging face? Dude, we're all having a good time. We're jamming out to pepper or, or, or you know, can't kill yourself or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And, you're over here hanging face. Why are you here? And I finally realized that I was doing that with my wife. And I finally found out that that was a codependent issue. And I had to make that change. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
And sometimes like I would have my face, like I would be kind of upset because something happened with the kids. So I wasn't mad at him. I was just stressed from everything that you deal with at home. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then it would translate into there was an issue with us. Yeah, like... <laughs> I, 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 had the, I had the habit of personalizing everything. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I'm like total opposite. I have a lineman. He's, he is jam up. But I no. call him 80% angry because we'll like show up and there's like the, you can tell that the tree trimmers hadn't been there, but it's just like two ranches this long. He's like, I'm so sick of this. Like I'm ready to drag right now. And I'm like, Hey, let's just like, let's take 10 minutes. I'm going to go do the tailboard. Let's just chill. And then we'll figure out what we're going to do. We can cancel if you want. I mean, and by the time I'm done, he's already like, I'll just cut him down. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm not the codependent answer no i don't really let anybody affect my mood like usually yeah. or if we if we get to that point i'll have the uh all right listen here like talk with them i'm like we're gonna hash this out right now because i'm not gonna have animosity i'm not gonna deal with you know this or that i'll just put it out on the table i have i have no problem with um with uh confrontation i think mm-hmm. a lot of so more... when it does come down to that i have no problem with like just dealing with it and being like all right let's move on not you know I think a lot of Ben has a lot of um, skills. I guess would be the right word of bow hunting skills. No, skills. no, I'm talking about uh, <laughs> honestly, like all the things that he learned through be- getting sober um, and at rehab and stuff like that. Um, Coping mechanisms. Not even. So <laughs> 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 you just deal with like how you can like deal with you, life like on life's terms I mean yeah uh, but you like learned so much through different like therapies or like rehab and stuff like that mm-hmm. that I know has taught like because he talks about it right like well you know this is he talks everything out or says it and is very vocal about different um things that he's learned or it has helped me I think because I saw this side of like the addict mentality and then now I get to learn like I don't, I don't know how to, what can be done. Yeah. And so like the codependent and the, just like those different things that he can work through that I can't even work through that I don't recognize in myself always. And I don't know how to work through them because I wasn't taught that, or I didn't, you know, like when your mom comes, like when, yeah. her, when her mom comes to visit, um, we have two addicts in the house. We have me and we have her mom and it's polar opposite of, um, living in your addiction and recovering from addiction i am like active i would i don't know i don't i don't go to like meetings and everything like i used to because like this is my meeting my family i'm like they'll say oh you you can't say that i am so done with like all that part of my life any type of addiction anything like that um i mean we gotta we have alcohol in our garage out there if i wanted to go do that i have every opportunity to go and do that it's it's not even a thought in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so when when she has an addict family member here, um, you can just tell. Like it's, I mean, it's written on the walls. The anxiety level goes up. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And he can. She is just so uh, anxious from it and everything. And I'm kind of just leaning on the counter like, yeah, this is how it is. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not just her. It's, it's every addict. It's yeah. not, he I don't, I don't take it, it personal because yeah. You know how to diss, you you deal with it. Like you've learned so much, you know. I wish I was more of a I like to read like murder mysteries. I wish I was more of like a self-help reader. Cause that like all everything that he says is like just like out of a like it's so such good information, which I mean I feel like it has 
it's helped our marriage so much too. I mean, whether he realizes that or not too, just all of the coping mechanisms and learn like things that he has learned has it, it does a lot for sure in the communication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've definitely experienced that kind of dynamic in our own um, family as well. Like even if I'm on the phone with my dad, I have to be very careful with how long I talk to my dad for on the phone Um, and I usually try to keep it very positive because there's so much, there's such a history there and there is, can be, it can go toxic very fast. But if I happen to have one of those conversations with him, it, even though I'm aware of what talking to him will do to me, it still kind of comes on me Mm -hmm. and it disrupts the whole day and he can tell David can tell when I've talked to him because it's, you know, I'll end up picking a fight or something because I'm agitated from my father's agitation, you know, and uh, I'm still working on those parts as well. And I'm really trying to work on being nice to my dad too, because Mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's some resentment. Absolutely. When you grow up with a parent that you feel your kind of having to take care of them as a child and then they get older and you're an adult and they're still needing help, but you realize they're a grown adult. They should be taking care of themselves. You kind of get in this funny position and kind of can, I can bark back a little bit, but now I'm starting to really tell myself, okay, Jenny, just be nice to him and love him through it and just accept him who he is. But definitely, yeah, I'm still working on those parts too, because when you have family members that don't have it right and they haven't worked on their stuff yet, it can be hard. And you see how that could play into me having those codependent issues where I pick up on her vibes that she picked up from her dad. And all of a sudden I'm allowing that to dictate how I'm going to treat the family or react. You know what I mean? Um, I had a good friend. Um, He's a a mentor and he sits on my board. And uh, we were sitting at his house one time. We're working in El Paso. It was cold as hell. Um, We're chilling. We're having dinner and stuff like that. And he comes in and he opens up the screen door, right? And a rush of cold air comes in. And I'm looking at him like, Miguel, close the door. What are you trying to do? Heat up the neighborhood? It's not even my house. And I'm telling this guy that. You know what I mean? (laughs) And, uh, you know, I was a fair weather lineman. But uh, so he lets his cold air in and then he shuts the door. He's like, what did I just do? I was like, oh, you just freaking warmed up the whole neighborhood, man. And you froze us out. And he's like, oh, no. He's like, what did I do? And one of the guys that was there, he's like, oh, you changed the temperature in the house. He's like, exactly. That's what you have the ability to do as a leader in your family. You have the ability to change your atmosphere. He's also anytime your freaking frequency, your or your whatever it is about you, you, you know, you have these highs and lows and you allow that to get you low. He's like, your family's going to pick up on that. And then everything revolves around that as well. And I was just like, wow, man, that makes totally sense because that's what I'm doing. You know, when I allow someone to dictate how my, you know, emotions are. So, and that's why it's so great, Ben, that you're able to kind of be cool as a cucumber. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> just, you just have to set boundaries and you have to hold those boundaries because uh-huh. whether it's dealing with addiction or dealing with people's just, personal fault. Like I have all kinds of personal traits that people probably don't like, but I am who I am. I try to be the best person I can. And mm-hmm. I try to accept people for like certain faults too, but you do have to have boundaries. Um, like my favorite quote ever is that givers need to have limits because takers rarely do. 
And that's something that I think about daily. Like every day you're a giver and you're a taker in all situations. Sometimes like look at us at work, right? As like a foreman, we're doing our time for our guys. Well, that time reflects our time. So you have to have a certain amount of integrity on how you're going to do your time, how you're going to do your job. Um, Like working with friends is like a really, that's the hardest part about our job is like my crew is tight. I mean, every crew I've been on, I feel like we all get along well. Mm -hmm. uh, Like just recently I had a lineman that had been with me for a while on underground and we transitioned to overhead and he just wasn't, I couldn't take my eyes off him. Yeah. And um, I, I finally just had to tell him, uh, I feel like you're leading up to an accident. And that was something that I was, it was keeping me awake at night. Like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. The other guys knew that I was carrying him a little bit. And um, in my mind, I'm like, man, if we could just make it back to underground, he'll be okay. Um, and I just finally was like, I, I can't, I can't co-sign on his bull crap. If he gets himself or someone else hurt, that'll be on me. And uh, I had helped this guy out a hundred times. And the one time mm-hmm. that I didn't help him out, that's what he'll remember forever um but i'm okay with that because i feel like i made my decision on facts and i feel like he made his off emotion so that's where you have to have like good boundaries and you have to have bad boundaries mm-hmm. and if you stick to your guns then hopefully you'll like maintain whatever respect you're owed you know in each each situation mm-hmm. so you're not acting one way um about this and then the exact same thing you have a totally different reaction with someone else you got to kind of keep some type of a mentality like this is the type of person you're going to be don't let everyone sway your reaction or mm-hmm. how you're going to handle it um, now you mentioned that it was keeping you up at night how did that affect the fact like was the family picking up on that vibe too or no uh I, she knew I about it because yeah. i would talk to her about it i'm just like oh, i don't i don't know what i'm gonna do and i don't like to be indecisive but i don't like to make um like a permanent decision on something that may be temporary so mm-hmm. i was filling it out filling it out and uh i can pretty much always tell though like if there's something at work i'll yeah. be like what's like what's going on you know or is everything okay at work or you know i don't know it definitely changes he doesn't maybe always realize it like mm-hmm. it maybe he doesn't have much to say tonight when we talk on the phone or something like that you know, right because mm-hmm. right now he's working out of town so um I'm like, you know, like what happened? Oh, you know, nothing. Like, are you sure you're kind of quiet tonight? And then it'll be like, well, you know, so-and-so this, that, you know, and because he doesn't want to talk about work when we're talking, mm-hmm. like when we're supposed to be talking. Right. But it, it carries through not like and when you're working 16 hour days and, bad, and it's yeah. consuming like my life at the time is 16, 18 hour days, like with a certain, you know, issue yeah. or whatever. And then she just has to hear about it like 15 you know, minutes a day, maybe. Yeah, that's like right. an important 15 minutes to be able to relay like the severity of whatever you're really like thinking about or how much of my day am I spending mm-hmm. thinking about something. And I'm maybe only talking to her for a couple of minutes. So it's mm-hmm. good to be like transparent on like how you're really feeling about it. And yeah, because people's feelings are important. I care about those feelings, but at the same time, like I'll, I'll do the right thing. I mean, or try to do the right thing in yeah. personal professional life and that's where it's tough is maintaining those like your own values mm-hmm. but also uh, being considerate of other people but you can only have so many heart to hearts with a person before you're like okay you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah Definitely. for sure kaylee how did you like was it hard for you to approach him not usually no uh-huh. i um i don't know i feel like we talk about we're pretty open communicators as far like 
I don't mind talking about work. It doesn't bother me. It really, like I, it's a, such a big part of our life that, uh, you know, this trade is such a big part of our life that uh, it's maybe is a little different than, you know, if somebody goes into the office or go, you know, different, I don't know, this aspect. Our job is cool. Is what <laughs> no, <to> <laughs> I don't mind talking about it because like, I know that I'm his release. Like he could say anything to me, right? You can yeah. say anything to me. You can say anything around me. I'm not going to go and tell so-and-so about, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm Switzerland here, you know, I'm right in the middle. And I, I like that. I like to be that person for him. Um, Cause he's that person for me, you know, that I know as soon as he's done talking about work, like he gives me my time to talk about my day, you know, and mm-hmm. what happened with the kids or, you know, what's been bothering me or what's um, it's never one-sided. And I think that's, what helps a ton is, you know, it had, if I just had to listen to him talk about work and he never asked how I was or never gave me the time of day, then I would be bottling it all up and probably resent him talking about work or being like, you know, I would probably resent it, but mm-hmm. I don't feel that because I, I do feel that he always, he's always cares, you know, he's, if I have something to say, he's not, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, there's, or sometimes when you're like, what are you watching? And she can tell that I'm like, <laughs> yeah, or that, you know what I mean? We're like FaceTiming and we've been FaceTiming for like a while. I'm listening, but I'm just kind of like, yeah, like, what know? are you watching? Are you yeah. listening to me? Like, so that, I mean, that out. happens too. It's not like <laughs> yeah. it's always like, oh, yes, dear. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> the good part is like, she can tell when I'm like, you know, when I don't set my phone on my stomach and uh, yeah, that's on the TV. <laughs> watching. Um, but, but I think that it that helps, you know, had I don't mind talking about work because I do feel like I get to get to share my day as well. <laughs> Sounds like you've created like the safe space for each other to go to each other, where I think like in our relationship, he wasn't a safe space for me to go to. Like it, the dynamic that you're explaining is where the man is always telling me about all of his work stuff but when I came to him he was so overwhelmed with what I would say that he would just get angry because he couldn't solve it so it's amazing that you guys have created that safe space for each other of course that's fixed now in our marriage but I can definitely say and relate to what you're saying it bottled up inside of me and I was just like angry and resentful because he wouldn't listen to anything I was saying, you know, <laughs> or I would be the last person to hear about the news that was happening in his life. He'd be like, yeah, didn't I tell you about that? No. And <laughs> he told like his mom, he told like his friends, he told everybody that he works with. And I didn't know a single thing. <laughs> and I'd be <laughs> like, what is going on here? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely uh, it. a lot of things have changed in our, our dynamic for sure. Um, but we have to learn, we have to go through that, you know, we have to get that emotional intelligence and and sometimes the only way to learn is by not doing it right. And that's what we did. And, you know, thank God that we're able to change that a lot. You know, I think a lot of times, like when our wives come to us and they want to talk to us, since men are problem solvers, right? We automatically go into try to solve their problem. That's not what they want. They want us just to listen. You know what I mean? And when our wives tell us, no, I don't want you to solve the problem. I just want you to listen. I know for me, I felt shut down because it's like, well, I'm good at this. I, I'm, I, I can fix this stuff. You know what I mean? And, and then when I couldn't fix what was going on with her, I got upset and I 
personalized in. I'm like, oh, well, it's you. And then we had this big old fight and dynamic was all ate up. And you know what I mean? So I'm glad things have changed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 17 years and we're doing, we're, we're like finally getting, moving into the direction where marriage is functioning in a really positive manner and it energizes us now, I would say, rather than both people like heading, but butting heads all oh, the time. Yeah. But I also wanted to ask, you said that Ben is currently working out of town, correct? Yeah. Do you guys usually put like a time limit on how long he will work out of town or do you just kind of play it by ear I know for us we wouldn't put a time limit I wanted to put a time limit like I would tell him okay but you know I'm gonna have a baby this year and you need to be home to take care of like your your hobby and stuff like that and I don't want all these extra chores with a brand new baby and two kids so I need you home. But a lot of the time we wouldn't stick to that because it's the job. He needs to bring in the money for to pay the bills. You know what I mean? But it would add stress onto me. So I'm just wondering, do you guys usually plan out how long he'll be out of town? Or do you just kind of arrange things in your life to where Kaylee has support? I, um, we definitely don't really put it. We like put rough time limits. I would say like, Oh, like be home. I gosh, I get it. Uh, not really. When I originally left, she's like, what do you think? Like maybe six months or whatever. And uh that was like almost three years ago. Yeah. But that was, I mean, we've yeah, we yeah. I feel like we've it's not abnormal for us. I mean, we were talking about this. I mean, we have been we've had a pretty wild ride in the six years that I mean, we met in a different state than we were both from. Mm -hmm. Um, he was in his apprenticeship. I was, you know, finishing my teaching degree and he couldn't leave. So I moved down by him. And I mean, with everything happened pretty quick and like what, within the first, after well, first finished, I was driving one day, driving a bucket truck. Oh. And she said she was like, going to apply for a job in Wisconsin. So I was like, okay, well, if you're applying for a job, then this is a waste of our time because I can't leave until this time. Very forward. And like, that's, I told her, I know exactly where I was in what track. I mean, I told her, I can't leave here. Like yeah. I am here until this time. And if this is serious, which it seemed like it was like, uh, you know, how long are we going to do this on FaceTime for is kind of how I felt, which is funny. Cause yeah. now we've done like probably <laughs> yeah. half of our marriage, like through FaceTime. Yeah. With... That's... <laughs> it's like, it that's how we started. Maybe that's like, how it works. Yeah, that's how we started. Yeah. You know, we, we, that's how we got to know each other was really through FaceTime and distance. And yeah, then I moved to Texas and after, and we got married and had our first kid within what, like two years. Yeah. And then not long after, I guess it was like her first birthday, he went the storm, uh, hit, he went to Puerto Rico and that was, we had no idea how long that was going to be. That was kind of just as long as it played out. Um, and then came home. It ended up being six months. Six months. So we saw each other. Oh, six, only twice. And then yeah. they came like right before I left. That was probably like the roughest, I guess, with a one-year-old. And yeah. um, yeah, we saw each other twice. Came home, worked. Um, and then yeah, when you had a couple other storms and stuff. And again, that was just as long as the storm lasted. But I think the biggest one is when you left to come to San Francisco. Um, we were in Texas still. Um, our girls and I, and we stayed back because I had a job that I really liked. I was personal training, just really loved it. It was finally kind of found myself. And that was really hard for me. So I was like, no, I finally found something where I feel like I'm, I'm not just a mom and I'm not just a wife. Um, 
I'm going to stay, you know, I want to stay here. We, we've done this before I got this, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, we, the girls and I flew out every four weeks or every, yeah, every four weeks for what, seven, eight days. And we did that for a year. A year. <laughs> and then, I was done after a year. He was like, this is, you know, what are we going to do? Because you have your, yes, like, you know, we have our house there. We have this, but like, this is where work is. This is where I need. I like, think what I told you was like, I'll come home. But if I come home, I'm not coming home for money. Because if money is what we're trying to do and we're trying to build and save, this is where we're doing it. If I'm coming back to, you know, Houston wage and Houston heat and all the, you know, basically working like a freaking slave. Um, I'm not coming back to do that six, seven days a week. I'll be working five days a week and hunting on the weekends. And but that's it goes pretty much what me. I told her was if we want to save and do yeah. what we're going to do, this is where we have to do it. I'm not like a, I'm not the best with change. So I had to sit down and I, you know, was, you know, having my morning coffee and I'm like, okay, goes back to what we talked about in the beginning, like our plan. What is our goal? You know, what am I manifesting? Like, what am I seeing our, like our future looking like? And Escalade. <laughs> That's up. what she was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> think, what are we trying to accomplish? And it's going to like, can we really accomplish that here? Or do we need to let this go? Let this, this door close and kind of just see, I am not, I'm a planner. I am not a fly by the seat of my pants person. Like I, so it gave me tremendous anxiety to, but the girl we picked up and we, he came and got us and we drove and we lived in our RV for a year until we bought our house now. And so we were together, I guess, for then, so like for that time. And then once we bought this house, that's when we had to decide again, okay, he's got to, he's going to stay up there and work a little bit longer. So again, going back to the question, I guess we never really put a time on it. it I think ours is more of like a goal. We put like a goal. No, on it's it. like a vibe. Yeah. Cause you could too. tell like we were done. Yeah. Like I was done our little one Layton. every time she would come, she would be bigger every like four weeks I could tell. So I didn't like that. Yeah. And then, um, so we got the, the big trailer, we did that. And then we were getting to the point where, I don't know, you like the RV park was fun, but a few of our friends, like we had a gang up there. A few of them like left here and there and it just like yeah um yeah we it, just like when Jaime left yeah my buddy Jaime like <laughs> yeah. he was like my roll dog he went back to Arizona and then it was like weird yeah and then like my other buddy Connor he wasn't there anymore yeah and then the RV park it, it wasn't the place it was like the people yeah. so the vibe changed there and then my work right at the server that point my work shifted Mm. that was like a whole nother it just seems like things kind of fall in place sometimes if, yeah. you, if you like pay attention if you pay attention that's so I, we were done with the rv yeah and then this we ended up finding this and yeah. right now we just like we have a good flow and i think that if at any point um i was like i'm done like i need you to come home i'm done i can't you know it's too much or whatever or if he was just like i'm done i don't i don't want to be up here you know yes like on a really good job right now but i want to come home we would respect that out of each other as well. And like, okay, but come home. We also plan when that happens, it's yeah. right back to local 47, like where I started. So like, that's our backup plan, right? Yeah. When I'm done, I'm in a really good place with work and the company and the work I'm doing. So I don't just want to be like, Oh, I'm out of here. I mean, I we're doing good. The work's doing good, but yeah. we planned this, that when we're done, there's the, I won't need to travel anymore. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, like, that's why we bought what we came here for is right in our backyard. Yeah. So, that's our end game I guess yeah that's kind of our plan I guess like our our no more working where we don't live was like the idea of like buying this house 
Yeah. If we want to make the money, we want to do like whatever we want to do. Um, Plan for our future and stuff. That's, that's where we is. live now. It's not that has to leave when we want to go do certain things or when you want to work in a livable climate and, mm-hmm. you know, so everything kind of has a, yeah. The crazy part though, about like that story is that the whole time that that's unfolding, you probably have people like on social media watching and people who don't even know you kind of like watching and just judging like your decisions and seeing certain things. Yeah. People ask me a lot, like, how do you do that when Ben's gone? Or like, or like, or like the, you the, know, the crazy, the like, trailer. or people are like you guys live in an RV. Yeah. Like, or just even like, Oh, like you trust him when he's gone. Like, or you, you know, just all this, like people have you met him (laughs) (laughs) i just you know i think that i don't know like having that plan and just like knowing like yeah this is part of our plan this is our we're in this together like he didn't just say hey i'm leaving and going and working up here i'll see you next weekend or i'll see you two weekends a month like and i couldn't do it without her like everything everything we've done and built like i can you can do that as I wouldn't have done it as like a single dude. I definitely couldn't do it as like a single parent or without a supportive wife. So um, yeah, everything like that we've done and that we have is like things that we did. It's not, I don't know. I hate putting like a monetary value on anything. Mm -hmm. That's usually how people look at stuff, right? That must be nice people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why I always try to like, yeah. Vehicles are comfort to me, like experiences are comfort. It's not um, necessity. Yeah, that's what makes like social media hard too. You don't ever want to be like you're flaunting. You just want to yeah. be like, this is my life, like for people who really do care. Yeah. So I also think too, I don't know, Kaylee, are you still at home with yeah. your kids? You're a stay so I've been a stay-at-home mom for quite some time. That's not necessarily how I always dreamed things would be and stuff. And I always kind of wanted to do things, find something to fulfill my myself as well, kind of how you're talking about you know, you're doing personal fitness training and you're excited about it because it kind of fulfilled that other part of you, not just the mom, the wife part. But I think people also look from the outside and they see us as stay-at-home moms with these men that are bringing in a good money, a good monetary amount. So that way we can start building a life and stuff like that. And then they think it must be nice to just stay home (laughs) and get taken care of. But there's so much work that a stay-at-home mom to a lineman has to do you have to be self-reliant and and resilient to be able to do it all and you know there's all these questions about well you know he's out of town do you trust him all these different things that come up that people have insecurities that they can project on you and stuff like that and and those are pressures in of itself too but just keeping your mind on your marriage and knowing that your marriage is good and secure and stuff like that. And knowing the truth about how hard you work for everything that you guys have earned together, I think really helps a woman's state of mind in that situation as well. I agree. It took me, I feel like right now, like in the last couple of months, even since probably since we've moved into this house that like, yeah, since the summer that I've felt the most at peace with being a stay at home mom, because I struggled like hard. I mean, I had been working and supporting myself pretty much since I was 14. I moved out when I was 17. And like, I, I never, ever imagined not working. Um, I love, you know, you never told me anything. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never imagined not working. So, um, 
when we had our first daughter and he was like, I like, I think you should stay home. You know, we don't really have any family here in Houston. We, I don't trust, you know, we didn't know what to, you know, we didn't well, trust you were, anybody necessarily. She was supposed to go back to work. And then like, yeah, I could tell that she was like digging it. So it was just, we were that just, sounded really bad. yeah, I think you should stay home. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, I noticed the bed wasn't made when I got home. That's not, <laughs> <around> here. <laughs> he like was just like inviting because he knew that I, like, I just thought I was going to go back to work. And so he like invited, like, we make enough money. You can stay home. You know, it will, it's all good. And honestly, from then, like I was, oh gosh, I was, oh, maybe I'll go back and work part-time and maybe I'll, you know, go and be like a teacher's aide. You know, I have my teaching degree, but maybe I'll just go be an aide part-time or she's maybe still, I'll, I, I, I've gotten this, better. This <laughs> week, this week, she's like, Hey, like a friend of mine is like, give me work a bunch of overtime. And I might like, uh, I might like help out babysitting. I'm like, are you crazy? Like my mom is in town. <laughs> We're going to Disneyland. We have Christmas. We have this. That wasn't to make money, though. No, yeah, just to help out, though. But like, that's just because I want to be helpful. Like, I'm talking like y'all have to have limitations too, because you do yeah. so much. It's not like you're just sitting at home chilling. And yeah. I don't think she realizes how much she does sometimes. So that's like the point of that story was me telling her, like, dude, you you keep the house immaculate. You do everything for all of us. Um, where are you gonna fit in? Like time to do more. Yeah. Mm. So there's that too. Where I don't know. Yeah. I think I think people's misconception about like what a line wife you know mm -hmm. come and stay with us for like a few weeks and see it's a, like a full-time gig yeah so <laughs> it is you're working like 206 hours a week as a as a line wife no, just kidding. <laughs> with no days off <laughs> no paid vacation yeah i don't know i'm i'm definitely i realize I've come to realize how much that like stay-at-home moms and how much I do that I don't need to bring in a paycheck to prove my worth. And um, I'm he's never made me feel that way, which I'm again thankful for. Like I know I do have friends that stay home and like, oh, like how much like I, somebody had asked me, like, oh, does Ben ask you how much you spend on groceries? I'm like, no, like what? Mm -hmm. Oh, I like you know, so-and-so wants to like see the receipt to make sure that I'm not like overspending on groceries. I'd, I'm like, I'd tell him to do his own grocery shopping then like, or, you know, make the meals or figure, you know. That so, won't last very long. Yeah. That I think. Uh, <laughs> 100 trip to Costco, it's over, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this house with diabetes, dude. <laughs> but I, I uh, yeah, I definitely struggled with it for a little while that, but now I I'm, think I feel better about it. Yeah. yeah, I think if you've worked like from a young age, like I did, uh, I still carry some guilt for staying at home. Like it's not necessarily anything that he does. It's just my own thing. Yeah. Like I, I grew up in a feminist type of culture. So I'm really trying to break those things off of me to have a better view because it's it's kind of harmful to what I thought my life would be. And I live a great life. So there's no reason to feel that guilt. You know what I mean? Your kids probably profit from it too, right? That's like the other part is like the thing, decisions that we make and that y'all make, that's a direct reflection. I don't know. I feel like in marriage, everything we do, every decision is like a stone dropped into like a chill pond. Mm -hmm. It's just going to like radiate out. And Oh um, yeah, definitely. Like 
when people do have their opinions or whatever, I mean, that's, I know our, our kids have a better life and they're in a better place than they would be if, um, you know, if she was going out to work, like to fulfill like some type of need or whatever. So I'm grateful that. 100%. Like I, I love all the things that I can do for the kids, go on every single field trip, take them to every single um, sporting event, be there to watch every sporting event, to volunteer in the classrooms, take them cupcakes for their birthdays. I mean, all the things that I can do when I did work full time, there was a, a tremendous sense of guilt even then because I wasn't involved in my kid's life. So it was like, I could never balance it, but now I'm finally starting to just really settle into that. And I think it's, it's going really good, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I wanted to ask you something, uh, before we, we get off here. Um, what is something you can share with a young married couple? that you can part they can partake from as far as like if you ran into your guys itself like i don't know 10 years ago five years ago whatever what would you tell your younger self like for marriage uh, for marriage marital advice i know mine i know why do you go first um i would tell myself that you 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 have to be confident in yourself and know yourself before you can give yourself to a marriage um I, you know, even, okay, you know, yes, I want to be married or know what I want. Um, if you don't know yourself and the limitations you have or the, th you know, your faults, especially, um, I think that it can cause a lot of conflicts in a marriage and, um, being self-aware and knowing that beforehand, or even learning it quickly or having, you know, realizing that like, a, like during a fight, like, oh, this is actually, coming from somewhere else inside of me um, is like probably the key to, I don't know, communicating and being successful. Like Joe Rogan says, even in life, don't read the comments. People are so concerned about what people think about them mm -hmm. and maybe what they're lacking um, that it, it really does affect you. So when I was, when I wanted to be a lineman, the guys I was hanging out with, they were already linemen. Mm -hmm. They already had houses. They already had cars. They already had, all these things that I thought that I wanted and I didn't know how I would ever get them. It's because they were at a different level than I was. And now I find myself that I'm at that level. There's guys below me that are, they are the younger friends. They're the ones that don't have the stuff I have. They don't have the job. So instead of letting them look up and feel like they're less, I mean, you just kind of, you remind them like I've been there before I was that guy and this is where I am now. And I feel like marriage, same thing, just, Keep it tight. Don't don't care about what anyone is saying, what people are um, chiming in on. Mm -hmm. Usually if, they, if they're not saying, hey, good job right on, then they're probably not supporting you anyway. So but they're always watching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thanks, they're always watching. You're always going to have critics. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, awesome, guys. Thank you so much for coming on here and sharing uh, on this uh, portion of our uh, broadcast. Um, you guys are awesome. Uh, congratulations on your new home. And uh, we're happy that you guys are finally back here in Southern California, brother. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll be talking to you guys soon and thank you for coming on. Um, if there's any way that people can get a hold of you, I always like to give our, our guests the opportunity to share with our audience. If you want to, um, how to get a hold of you there, Ben or Casey, working class zero one, three. <laughs> right on. Awesome content. Right. <laughs> Minus <laughs> eight dot homes one eight. Right on, guys. Thank you so much for coming on here. And uh, once again, we'll be talking to you guys soon.
Thank you. All right. See you.